I know a lot of people that are really, really into coding or programming, software development. But it is also one of the fastest growing groups of professionals. And there's an immense demand for for more developers. And just by sheer numbers and the whole numbers game, it's going to be entirely impossible to feed that demand with just people that grew up doing computer stuff in the 80s and 90s and have this deep abiding love for tech and computers. I also don't think it's necessarily healthy that that would be the case. But something I've seen is that there is kind of a cultural divide and there's a there's a challenge there's friction there where like the code nerds and i say that with all all the love in the world trying to relate well like trying to work together when one person is like on their off time trying to figure out compilers and uh, digging into like like arcane bs around programming or just going really really deep on whatever stack they're using and the other person's like yeah met some friends had dinner or uh like yeah i'm i'm really into reading so i read a book uh, or went to a music show like i think that's perfectly healthy but there's a weird discrepancy in the workplace i think that comes off of this and it's kind of unusual compared to other professional settings. I don't think people delivering mail have too much of a problem with someone just going too hard on their logistics interest and being like, oh, I know how we should restructure all the routes. I've done some weekend research. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that happens in all all professions. What's your feeling on code nerds? I'm surrounded by them. All time, every time. It's quite weird and amazing. I So I work with some very passionate coders that do all these research on the spare time. I'm the one who does least research on my spare time. I usually do things that's the least useful for work because otherwise I might as well be working. Yeah, but you do spend a fair bit of your time delving into software or or at least you have i don't know if you do currently but i still do when i have the energy uh, so i do some haskell programming i uh, do some python programming i listen to podcasts and so on i listen to way too much elixir podcasts when i don't get paid for it so yeah i'm i'm on that end of the spectrum and it i haven't really been anywhere else or not really thought about it Maybe I was when I was at a bigger company. People were like, yeah, we go here, we work, we do other things. Yeah. But then we didn't really speak a lot about code anyway, because that wasn't the right environment for it. We just did what we were supposed to and then called it a day. Mm. Uh, and I think I did the outlier things like upgrading from Python 2.7 to 3.8. <laughs> Small step. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Took half a year. I have a tendency to do that kind of things i should really stop yeah. so what's your what's your situation are you surrounded by nerds 
I am definitely in like my open source work and in some parts of like client work and like my team members are certainly nerdy in in their ways but they have a lot of interests that are outside of tech and for me that's a little bit challenging just because it is easier for me to deal with someone who's who's just like closer in in how they how they tackle life uh, and sort of their interests and where i can assume that they have hit a bunch of knowledge already but that's partly also just about like experience because like my colleagues have not been at this for very long but it's also i put a question to two of them when i met them recently which was about kind of what you would like to sort of learn or put effort into when like if you have more time essentially without without losing your your ability to feed yourself uh or or when you retire which is kind of the same thing and i was kind of going for okay like what technical topics are you interested in but i didn't state the question properly to get that answer so i got much more reasonable answers uh, like pottery <laughs> and there was something else i don't i don't 100% recall but it reminded me just like it's a kind of immature industry still i think there's a lot of workplaces where where the nerd doesn't go so deep or where there's a decent balance between the deep nerds and the the people that do the job and in some regard i think you can probably rely more on the people that do the job the nerds they get riled up very easily and they they get into weird stuff that you might not need uh, they they might also be very beneficial because they tend to be knowledgeable on on like the trade but yeah it feels like a an immature phenomenon in our particular industry where the people who've struggled through when computers were really really bothersome and weird and the people who have gotten really into computers for some reason and like we end up being the people that kind of drive drive a lot of software development and i'm not sure that's great but i it might have been somewhat necessary for a, a while because computers are troublesome and don't do what you want them to do they do what you tell them to do and all that but there's also the whole like oh i'm so passionate about programming why should you be passionate about your job you don't have to be i don't think that should be a necessity for anyone because it's a very very good path towards being kind of exploited and we've had a lot of problems like in in tech with overworking and like people laying down their entire lives into trying to make a startup happen and like working insane hours and all that and i think part of that is just like i'm super excited about tech it's so cool to get to work in tech and like one of the most pathologically bad tech and work environments is gaming yeah because there are so many people that want to work there because people love games and they want to try to make games and they want to get into like their interests and that's become something that's heavily exploited like the the worst salaries in tech the worst work life balance in tech and just like immense exploitation and lots of trouble because people like games and we have that to a i think milder extent in the rest of tech and i think depending on where you look you see it to different extents like startups tend to have a fair bit of that 
problem. Tech-centric, like developer tools companies, I think, are definitely have a tendency to hire a bunch of passionate developers that are like meta-passionate and want to build developer tools, yada, yada, yada. I think that can definitely go off the rails in a number of ways um, from being not very maybe aware of normal people or like kind of getting too nerdy to just like the risk of exploitation because you're you're getting to do what you love. And then if you look kind of the other end, like boring big old banks seems to be a really stable employer for the devs that aren't too fuzzed about where they work and what they do day to day seems like a pretty calm environment often structured kind of dull i think i'd suffocate uh, in that seat but in some ways it's a more mature approach to software development i think because you're not you're not tr- kind of trying to squeeze the passion juice out of <laughs> out of a bunch of nerds that are too excited to defend themselves and there's also the whole thing where most passionate developers have ended up being guys. And that's related to like tech marketing from the 80s, like where they where they just decided this wasn't for la- for girls, essentially. And then it ends up being this super lucrative uh, job that just was not very welcoming to women for the longest time. So like there's so many problems with with code nerds as as like a backbone of an industry while at the same time like i really like code nerds i enjoy hanging out with code nerds i appreciate i appreciate them and i appreciate being one <laughs> like i have no problems with the with the existence of code nerds but i'm a little i'm always a little bit concerned sort of about the the industry end of it and also like how to bridge the gap between like i'm confident that my colleagues will over time catch up with me in kind of know-how and all like all the important stuff i think they will will keep picking up but to some extent i would love to see them flourish and grow past me in a bunch of ways but there's they might not or they it might not happen in the way I'm hoping. Like I, I need to change my expectation. I need I need to keep a close eye on my expectation of what the path of a programmer is because they might never decide to actually execute on a, like a tech hobby project. Most of them have expressed some interest in tr- in doing something like that, but like I've done a ton. Uh, and they have real proper lives and i got into this when i was a teenager and like i have a habit of spending free time doing whatever amounts to like practicing my profession to some extent i think there's always going to be kind of a power imbalance between between those types of nerds and, and like people that have a more what i think fundamentally is a more reasonable approach i don't know about that the well, I think the well balanced person is the one that comes out on top in the end. It feels like a very like is it a platonic ideal or Renaissance ideal or something like have a bit of each and you'll do fine. There's also a, a text of 
Heinlein that says what every grown person needs to know. And it's every grown person needs to know everything according to him. So, yeah. But we both need experts and well-rounded people, right? Or maybe that's not what you're talking about. Well, uh, we have a business where most of our experts are a very particular kind of person that had a very usually a fairly similar path in like there are code nerds that that came in recently and then just went went deep and like oh i love doing this now i will do this more than what is perhaps reasonable and there are people that got into programming early and just haven't gone so deep or doesn't spend their their spare time so like there there are all kinds if I talk to other people that are tech leads, other people that are CTOs, other people that are like primarily responsible for the tech in a bunch of like kind of modern software companies, there's there's a lot of like it's a homogenous white, usually bearded male mess, and there's very there's very similar backgrounds and. Uh, well, I guess the, the ghost in the shell over-specialize and you're breeding weakness. Like, the entire industry is kind of catering to a very kind of weird set of experiences and cultural baggage. And yeah, like, I don't think it's feasible that that will continue to be like an archetype, like an appropriate archetype uh of what a software developer is it might already be very very misleading but it is very much an archetype oh we we have this kind of weird genius guy who's uh done computer so long and he's over there building our system it's great um and like most nerdy coders i know wouldn't call themselves geniuses but I bet if you look at most people that have been like a technical lead or responsible for product, they've been called so by others or like they're a rock star or whatever, like ninja guru, wizard, all that stuff. And people that end up leading teams and like calling the shots technically, like it's good that they are very interested in what they do. And that they build up what you were talking about, like expertise and being specialists in some regard, or like it's not bad that they are have a, chance, a decent chance of being competent just by virtue of like engaging heavily with the craft. But it also becomes like, oh, the role models, what are they? It's like, no, no, if you want to be a really good developer, you need to be a deep nerd. And I don't think that's healthy. <laughs> like, I don't think my particular approach to tech has been super healthy necessarily it's been fine for me like i've I've done very okay i can mostly both deal with tech and deal with people like i'm all right most people that came up this way are pretty decent i think but i think it also places both a pressure on kind of normal people or uh, people that have that have a different full set of experiences that like oh this this is what tech lead looks like this is what progress as a programmer looks like this is what i should be this is what i should be doing and i find myself also like 
when I'm trying to guide people, well, if you try to do the do it this way, do it that way, like I'm leaning on my own experiences, but my own experiences are very I think they are generally very applicable if you're a code nerd that likes to do code shit on your spare time. But I'm not sure how well I can guide someone that just wants wants to grow a like reasonable reasonably competent or even into an expert, but they want to do it during work. And I think actually I think the industry leans on that. There is very little space for learning in most companies I've been in. We are assumed to know or to figure things out. Like maybe the implication is, oh, of course, learn while you're doing it, spend time studying, yada, yada, yada. But I've always felt under sort of heavy pressure to move forward and progress, not necessarily sit down and learn things properly or study what I'm trying to do. So I've done that in parallel. Or I've done that separately. Like I've just spent more time than than my work hours would allow. And I don't want to ask that from my employees. I don't think anyone should be doing that unless they really, really want to. And I think that like the industry is structured around the assumption that you'll just you'll just be like an autodidact or whatever it's called, like learning for yourself constantly and kind of well, we threw some developers at the problem and they'll they'll take care of it. They'll level up themselves. They'll yada, yada, yada. So I think it has been a shortcut for a bunch of a bunch of the industry to just like, oh, we hire passionate developers that really on fire about all this stuff. And then we don't really have to bother with like training, teaching, learning. And we can just apply pressure and outcomes, code and product. <laughs> That's kind of bleak. You think? <laughs> I also think you're right. Yeah. So uh, now I want to become a small-scale farmer again. No, sorry. Ah, that's it's it's not your fault. It's that time of the month. I was I was going to say it's <laughs> it's a periodic. Not thing. having your period, but you're having a period. Yeah, farmer period. I think it's it's moon phases and whatnot. Oh, right. <laughs> You're suffering from Harvest Moon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. PHM, it's like pre-Harvest Moon. Yeah. The, <laughs> you just get that urge to start farming. <laughs> yes, that's when I'm starting to sharpen my scythe and yeah. getting all my tools in order. I think there are small, well, they are the most famous example of but they didn't do learning. They did scratch their own itch thing. Google did this for a long time. Twenty percent time. Yeah, but yeah, that twenty percent time would. But but it would be used for learning instead. Would be good. But learning also needs. I'm very bad at learning when I'm stressed out and tired and all that. So it needs a good place. Yeah. Mentally and physically. Yeah, sometimes I wonder if what I have is experience or scar tissue. <laughs> and to some extent, I think that's always always partially the same thing. Yeah. Like building strong muscles, I think, is fundamentally a little bit about scar tissue. Uh, that's kind of how... I think that's part of how you build stronger fibers. Not necessarily quite. Or, I, or maybe I've heard all the research, but... It sounds familiar. Yeah. And I think when you're working under pressure, you're often very reactionary which is not a good way 
to learn. You get a lot of practice, but you don't get a lot of uh, exploration usually. Yep. So the times I've had good exploration is usually when someone has said, it is time for the big 2.0. I've usually learned a ton and it has usually been a rather bad project because a big 2.0 is usually the wrong thing. But that usually opens the door for kind of greenfield and learning and uh, exploration. But what I've come to realize, like how I operate when I have some time in the bank or like when I've been working close to full time, but I've only been working like half time on client projects and the rest I've done sort of my own shenanigans. Then I've had sort of a loop of explore and expand my knowledge and like learn a bunch of new things. And then I contract it and exploit what I've learned. Essentially, it's kind of the the civilization. What is it? Quadruple E or explore, Forex. expand. Yeah, explore, expand. Conquer uh-huh. something, and then uh, well, exploit, extinguish. I think this sounds be. like Microsoft strategy. Yeah, but it's but it's for for strategy games. Okay, so you can, you can do those horrible things, but in a fun way too. Yeah, but it, mostly a, the idea that, and in that case, you're mostly expanding and then exploiting and expanding and exploiting. Mm-hmm. What I think. I feel like uh, the learning process is more as like, oh, now I'm doing wild exploration and letting letting my ideas wander a fair bit, and I'm picking up i like ideas, facts, possibilities all over the place. And then if I actually want to get anything done, I need to contract my my explorations, go back to myself, and go, okay, time to build, and then starts the process of kind of exploiting what I've learned um, in exploiting used in the very in a very mild sense but I think also kind of an original sense uh, where like utilize would be a kind of kinder word yep. but yeah and often kind of that research phase is not so available when you're when you're working in a product and I think I think a lot of people coming into develop jobs from other places other like reschooling into being a developer and like there's so much to learn in software there is no end it's like you're never done you never arrive you're like it ex- the software field expands faster than you can learn it and there's this pressure of producing results and being competent and doing things right and it's like, oh, you should TDD your DDD with your BDD. And like knowing what is actually expected of you is kind of hard. And if you look around, you will probably see a bunch of people that were like, yeah, I've been into programming for a really long time and I do it in my spare time and I do all this, all this stuff. And like, that's, that's what a successful developer is. And that companies are also kind of structured around this uh, without regard for the fact that many developers have lives and things to wrangle. I think some companies are pretty reasonable about all this. They know how to do it. Or like they, for example, I think in, in banking, insurance, and like the the more dull end of finance, I, I think it's fairly steady going and uh, you might not have these same same tendencies but a lot of tech is like okay in with the programmers they should 
they should know what to do. And it's like, oh, of course, we have we have a learning budget. Just learn whatever you want to learn. But the industry is kind of immature in that there is no clear progression. Like some companies have decently clear ladder. It's like you're a junior, then you're not, and then you're a senior, and then you're you go on to what is principal and all that staff principal. So they have levels and they have kind of definitions of what those levels entail. But I bet most of them are not like, yes, you need to know your how to write tests. You need to know this. You need to know that. Like there's not a clear path. And the industry is built up by and around people that have a habit of figuring stuff out for themselves, I think. I think that, like, I'm painting a vague picture here. uh, But I think, like, some of the discomfort I'm I'm feeling is is kind of around that. But isn't that one of the main skills of a developer? To 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 us it is. Okay. Like de- dealing with uncertainty and like assuming I can I can tackle this, I can figure it out. Like I think problem solving, absolutely, learning things, absolutely. You need to get you need to develop that habit, that muscle, that skill. Some of those things are inherent, I think, to to software work but some of this figuring out and some of i think building building like this wide foundation of knowledge and all this stuff you're i feel like you're disadvantaged if you don't do it in your spare time and i don't think that's reasonable yeah and like to some extent i guess this is this is a thing everywhere like a salesperson that gets really into learning about how to do sales well will have more ideas about how to do it they will practice more they will build up more skill um, there are probably like let's say mechanics i'm sure there are absolutely hog wild uh, car nerds that are really really knowledgeable as mechanics because they they like what they do like they they care more about cars than uh, your average mechanic, perhaps. But it's such a common thing. It's such an extremely pervasive pattern, I think, in tech. And I don't think it's quite that common elsewhere. Yeah, it's like, I'm not sure how big the problem is, honestly. But I I run into seeing myself, like hearing myself go, go into the, is, well, just make these assumptions about how progression happens or kind of having a hard time letting go of my particular understanding about what being like what progressing as a developer is because at some point i fundamentally end up expecting that my colleagues would move along a path that's over time would resemble mine or at least other uh, sort of successful and skilled developers i know almost all of which are code nerds. I wonder if there's a selection bias here. Of course. like Okay, many selection biases. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's so, so much bias. Yeah, because one of the things that have a tendency to happen to developers, especially the ones who aren't white dudes, is that they become managers instead. And being a manager is not like being a developer. So that's a very different career path uh charity majors has a blog post about 
what they thought was the ultimate career path a couple of years ago. I think they've changed their mind since because they are human. Uh, but the idea there was to alternate between being a manager and being a coder. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm thinking like the bias here is that the ones who are sticking to coding is the ones who go Bleh, when someone says, of course you want to become a manager. Here, yeah. have a race. Yeah, I think that's that's a fairly common thing. There's also like... Um... I think we I think we lose a lot of women, for, particularly from sort of deep coding roles, uh, or like the the deeper the tech, I think the more unintentionally uh, sort of hostile it can very easily get to to women. Yeah, that's so bad because because there's such such a heavy uh, such a particular culture around it. And some of it is is uh, actual uh, intentional misogyny, and there's uh, but there's also so just so much systematic BS uh, yep. that like I understand why why a lot of women just bail out. And, oh, maybe you have some skill with with front end already. Moving towards design is a nicer path, or uh, like okay, I'm already kind of mothering this goddamn team. I might as well go into management because that's what I'm getting, what I end up doing anyway. Yep. Uh, and then I don't have to do twice the work. Indeed. There, there's so many kind of these weird selection effects, I think, that that reduce the number of sort of well-balanced people. And also, I think they a lot of them will select out of like, oh, I'm, maybe I'm not cut out to be a developer because i don't go that deep i don't do it in my spare time like i don't spend that effort i'm not i'm not passionate enough about it and it's like you don't have to be passionate about your job uh, you have to be decently competent at it usually but yeah i think that's the moral of this story please be decently competent please be a team player not the corporate team player but the real one yeah Try hard not to be toxic. Yeah. Try, yeah. And I, it's like, I, I really think that like software development has to, has to develop more acceptance for people that are not so tech centric. And I think it will be overall beneficial, like in, in the longer term, because most of the people I've worked with that have had kind of a more balanced view on, on things, they tend to be more easygoing they tend to be more reasonable to work with they also tend to um, have very good and useful perspectives that are not necessarily tech-centric it's like yeah they can implement stuff but they also think from the perspective of someone who cares about more than than like the juicy techie details like i like being into the juicy techie details and occasionally i like to pop out for like the the bigger picture but i think we like doing good work takes all kinds but i don't think we're very very approachable to all kinds and i think there's like this challenge with the industry being shaped out by and around and in service of like the code nerds we want your ninja guru wizards and then we have this influx of 
people that are training to become developers and that should be developers because we need more developers and uh, we also need a larger variety of developers. So I think it's just good that we're getting this massive influx of developers, but I also get the sense that half of the time we don't know what to do with them because we didn't shape our industry around people that don't do this for fun. And uh, I find it a little bit frustrating and it occasionally gets uh, gets personally troublesome for me, which is even worse. <laughs> do you mean that you bring your sword to clients to fix this no no uh it's it's more like yeah uh, so again my my employees get kind of tossed in here uh probably unwantingly but i'm trying not to be very particular about any one of them but like they are all have other interests they live full and interesting lives that are much more varied than mine <laughs> like I'm impressed at that boundary and but at the same time I feel like this occasional frustration that is like but like I want you to be interested in this because I'm interested in this and I would love to share it. I think that's part of it. Like but it's also just like I I want them to succeed. I really really want them to succeed. And I only really know of one path. I know my own path. And I've seen a bunch of other paths that are very similar to my own path. I haven't seen a ton of their path. I don't have a mold. I don't have a map for them. I think they'll do fine because they're very capable and they're very reasonable. And they're like people like to work with them. So like I'm not really concerned, but I run into this every now and then where I think uh or like where i lose sight of the fact that my journey and my path and my how i got where i am is not necessarily a path they can repeat because they're taking an entirely different approach and i think it's a reasonable and very valid and very smart approach but uh it does put me in the situation of being the one who should help guide them and help them progress and often i'm not sure how and i guess that's frustrating yeah i think that's one of the hard parts of being a leader even if even if you had the path for them like this is the perfect path i know exactly what you should do it probably wouldn't work anyway which is not me being depressed really <laughs> it's more me being looking at human nature and looking at the best laid out plans and noticing yeah. that when they meet reality, all kinds of fascinating things happen. Yeah, and it's also like the, this impulse that I think is very common with developers to, oh, this is a problem, I want to solve it. You not having experience. Well, I know how I built experience, so here's my solution. Uh, yeah. It's like prescriptive, it's problem-solving, and those are not necessarily the best go-to things unless people are coming to you with a problem and saying, can you help me solve this? Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. A few different things on my mind about about the challenge of code nerds, I guess. Yeah. And it's not against code nerds. As I said, I, I like being one and I like them as a general rule. It's for, core, it's for code nerds. It's against late-stage capitalism. Yeah. Pretty much that. <laughs>